Whitaker. Just wanted to say thank you for tuning in this week. But before we begin, I did want to give a heads up that this week's episode does contain mention of suicide. And so if you've got little ones around or if it isn't beneficial to your mental health to listen, maybe choose another episode this week. We're so thankful. Um, Seriously, Sarah and I are so thankful for everyone who tunes in and shares how this podcast is helpful. And we're so thankful to be able to explore social media ministry with you. So here's today's episode. Yeah. I mean, we could make him into a TikTok video. Like we could just give him audio. Yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) Okay. I'm going with this. Is there still feedback? It's better. It's better. Okay. Yeah, it is better. Okay. You might turn it down a little. Turn it down like this. Y'all. We've never had this. This. We've never had. That's why we decided it was the enemy. Boy. Yeah. Coming after your electronics. But you know what we say to that? Not today, Satan. Hey, welcome to the Pocket Bullpen Podcast. My name is Hector, the co-host, and today we have Sarah. Hey. Hey, Sarah. And we also have Carolyn. Hi. Hey, welcome to the show. Um, hey, Carolyn, just quickly, and I know that this is, this is always like, what is quickly? Uh, but can you just give us a little bit about uh, just a, a quick snapshot of who you are? Of who I am or how yeah. I came to Jesus. Which... Oh, no, just, just who you are. Just who you are. Who's your people? Who's, what's your... Okay, I get that. Uh, I'm a mom, a Jesus freak, and uh, an all-around outgoing person to the point of exhaustion, I would say. A lot of people, they're always like, oh, I would love to be your friend. And I'm like, no. No, you wouldn't. This is exhausting. And it's like this all the time. So, <laughs> um, so um, what, what platforms are you on? And um, if people want to find you, where can they find you? And what's your preferred platform? Uh, Instagram is my preferred platform. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, at Carolyn LaChristian. I am on Facebook at Carolyn Martin, but I primarily just use that for whatever people use Facebook for. I never go on there. I don't know. <laughs> sharing sharing pictures nice pictures of your dinner f- with your aunt yeah i know farm remember uh farmville farmville remember that thing oh no? yeah i remember that <laughs> i remember farmville i got hooked on that it was the mm-hmm. summer of 2010 and i didn't go outside i just farmed all day it's <laughs> <laughs> a good use of time, i think good healthy lettuce absolutely <laughs> yeah that was the most vegetables i've ever eaten in my life was digital there you go <laughs> for sure okay uh you may not be on facebook much but but we know that you are doing social media online social ministry um and so we just want to start about we want to hear your story um i mean really you're one of the first guests that i don't have uh like 
a history and because a lot of our guests I knew from following on Twitter. And so I just want to hear your story. Um, we want to hear your story, want to share your story with our listeners. And so can you just um, talk about how you came to know Jesus, how that decision to follow him and, and become a Christian came to be? And we want to hear the whole thing. So we're going to give you some space just to share that. Um, and just so, dive in. Dive okay. in, yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, well, I was raised in atheist. If you asked my parents, they would definitely say that I was raised in a Christian household. I've never been in a church with my parents. I've never, I've, there was no Bible in our house. They didn't share Bible stories with me. I didn't, uh, I didn't really know much. I think my dad occasionally would tell me about uh, Adam and Eve. And then I remember he told me about Job, but other than that, I didn't know anything. And um, I had just recently been divorced and I was dating and I had put out a TikTok video, of course, TikTok always. <laughs> and it had uh, some guy saw it and like totally, I swooned him. So watch out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I swooned this guy and I am crazy impulsive. I mean, way too impulsive. Like I'm one of those people that like follow your heart, creative endeavors now I know that it's God's creativity that was bestowed on people but before it was just like if you have a creative spark you should just go after it because I had spent about 12 years being a housewife that nobody ever talked to and wasn't ever considered worth anything and so once I got out of that I was like oh I have this quirky personality that people like and makes people's day better and I should continue to do that so I was doing comedy full-time then the pandemic happened. All my tour dates were canceled. So I was, I had already had a decent TikTok following on my old TikTok. So I was utilizing it and I met this guy and I was getting thousands and thousands of inappropriate pictures a day from men and especially on Snapchat. And he sent me a nice message <laughs> that was like, I think you're the funniest thing on the internet. Keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, oh whoa he's like nice what are what's this like what's a nice person and I got to know this guy and I figured out what set him apart from everybody else was the fact that he was a Christian he opened up my car door he wasn't just trying to sleep with me he was unbelievably kind and sweet and nice and so I ended up falling for this guy his dad said that we weren't equally yoked and um just like I say in TikTok, I decided to disprove everything that he held dear. So I'm super competitive. And I ran down to Barnes and Noble and I was like, you know what, Gary, I will show you yoked, bro. I'm about <laughs> to memorize this whole thing and disprove all of it. I thought that I could be like a 20 year theologian in one year. So I start reading it and it's just me alone. Uh, the guy worked nights. So I would just like read the Bible alone. And all of a sudden I started to get these like weird feelings, like these like weird feelings that I couldn't explain really. Like, and at first I started reading it front to back, like a novel, which was like a terrible mistake. I remember like, if, if the enemy wants to infiltrate, read the Bible front to back, like, like a novel, because you you find all of these things in the old Testament that are like super easy to make you uneasy. And uh, so then I got this like overwhelming, like 
feeling in my chest when I was super depressed and sad at the time about comedy that I should just flip it open. Like, and I always joke, like shake it like a magic eight ball and just kick her open. And it was Proverbs 14, 13, which said, uh, even in laughter, the heart may ache, which had been basically my whole life. Like I was constantly making people laugh and I was in pain always. And I was like, how did some dude way back when know, like, how could he lay this, like, now I say wisdom, but how could he, like, smack that on me from who knows when? And uh, that was kind of step one. And then it was like, every time I had a problem, instead of talking to a friend that would just either tell me everything was fine or instead of like going to just distract myself with social media or look for some motivational quote on Instagram, I would start opening up the Bible. And it was like every motivational quote that I had ever wanted in my life was just in there. And I really dug deep into Proverbs first. And um, yeah, so then God starts to put it on my heart that this guy, this like super Christian guy that I'm living with may not, might not be the right guy for me, you know? And, uh, so I end up dumping the dude and I still keep the Bible around and it's like January, 2021. And I'm in the bathtub. I have like, a pretty emotional situation story around suicide because I had found my ex-husband in a bathtub and he ended up surviving but he was on life support for quite some time and he'd been really he's really messed up from Afghanistan and uh so when I found him I was generally a happy person but in 2019 when I found him in the bathtub it was kind of like I always say now I say like if evil has won the battle within them you can't let them win the war inside of you because it's like infectious. Evil is infectious. Like he was touched by evil and it destroyed him. And then when I saw somebody that I loved that much in that situation and knowing that they weren't going to make it and that they were so desperate that they would take their own life, then all of a sudden like evil decided to infiltrate me. And it really changed my perspective on life. I would definitely say in that day, like my innocence had, had died. And so it's weird how evil works because I feel like he was suicidal and then it kind of like transferred to me because I just couldn't handle the sadness. And I don't want to misquote it, but uh, when I was saved, I didn't have my son. I was in a bathtub alone. I had just dumped that dude. I was feeling completely helpless and worthless. And I knew that there must have been something more because I was getting those feelings in my chest for the last couple months. And I kept going back to the Bible and I'd seen a sermon. I'd never stepped foot into a church at this point. And I'd seen a sermon and the guy said that the problem with uh, Christian culture was that they were praying constantly, but they weren't opening up scripture to get the answers. And I was like, oh, well, I'm getting all the answers, but I'm not asking any of the questions. And I'd never prayed before. So I just prayed for God to kind of like take this pain away from me. And if you are real, show me that I have like a purpose for living because I, I can't do this anymore was essentially my thought process. And, you know, sugar like a magic eight ball, flipped it open. And January 31st, 2021, it says, now then my children listen to me. And I'm like, okay, you have my attention, right? <laughs> In the first sentence, blessed are those who keep my ways, listen to my instruction and be wise, do not disregard it. 
Blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail, but those who fail to find me harm themselves. And all who hate me love death. And it was just like, you know, from people in my family who had taken, uh, who had taken their lives, weren't Christians. And then my husband wanted to take his life and he wasn't a Christian. And then here I was thinking I didn't want to live anymore. And I was like, uh, it just answered my question. And I felt this like warm peace. It's going to make me cry. I cry on everything. I can't. It just felt this like super warm peace fall over me. The super warm peace fall over me. And um, I just... I didn't know how, but I knew from then on that I was like in this for life. I was like, okay, I'm here and I'm ready. And uh, as time went on, you know, I was working some job I hated. I ended up giving the guy a second chance and that totally blew up in my face. I actually asked God to remove him from my life and he totally did. So that was cool. <laughs> he does that. <laughs> and uh, so then you know, that was in January. I start going to a church. I realized that Christians aren't these crazy psycho Southern Baptist fire and brimstone. How can you wear pants? Uh, people <laughs> that I had been told for all those years, I went in there and it was just a whole bunch of people that look like me that love my tattoos that didn't care you know, that didn't care what I was before. They were just happy to see where I was going. Mm. The most open-hearted, unjudgmental group of people that I had ever been with. And every time I walk into that building, I still like get goosebumps because it's like, it took until I was 31 to find my tribe. Like I finally found my tribe and I found my people and I found where I belong. And I feel like we're constantly looking for that and to finally have it and to know that you have God on your side. And then since then, the ride has been like <laughs> yeah. crazy and what's weird is like you think that some when I first started to know God I was like there's no way that this happens to everyone and then the more and more you know people that follow God it's like everybody is on this crazy wild ride to bring people to Jesus and how he's just using he's just working through you constantly to get more people it's it's a lot <laughs> I, I love, um, I love several things. I love many things about your story. Um, I love how you describe that, that sense of peace. Cause that remind. I mean, I was raised in a Christian home, but I didn't decide to make my faith my own until I was a senior in high school. And, um, I was having, um, I had in that year had a few panic attacks and was at a, a concert and had a panic attack. And, um, and like in a, in a moment had that panic attack just stopped like that. And that overwhelming sense of peace just went from like my head to my toes out to my fingertips. And I remember later thinking, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what all like this is, but if, if that's what you can give me, then I'm here for it. Mm. You know, like, because I needed it. Um, so I love, I love that. Cause I relate to that. Um, and 
but also like we we're talking about with people who are interested in using their social media spaces as ministry ministry places and it 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 is good for us to hear that you were met first on a social media media space by like it was interactions there that pushed you into God's word so like you said you were getting thousands of inappropriate pictures and like I think a lot of people have that idea about, about TikTok, that it's like, it's all about um, showcasing yourself or doing silly dances or um, challenges <laughs> that, make, uh, that make middle schoolers make poor choices with soap dispensers, you know, like, um, and also thousands of inappropriate things. And it was in that place, which, which people would think of is just like a wasteland that God shoved someone into your life who shoved you into his word and into relationship with him. And that is so important for our people to understand that, that these are real um, mission fields. The social media places are real mission fields. And you found the community, you talked about finding your community in person. How have you, um, have you found community online with other creators or Christians um oh my gosh yes yes about that it's crazy okay just to sidetrack just a slight bit on the TikTok thing because I think this is crazy and this might be I'm always looking for that like confirmation that maybe I am just schizophrenic like I feel like when you have a really (laughs) close relationship with God you're just kind of waiting like oh nope there it is (laughs) and so sometimes like I've called up one of my pastors Chris Dolberry before and been like all right so am I bipolar or is this the Holy Spirit (laughs) especially when you're new to it and you have like a secular background so this story might sound crazy so hold on tight but the person I was when I was married was like you know a decent human I was sad and a little bit depressed and felt a little bit alone, but I was like basically a good person, right? So then he gets removed from my life. We get divorced and I start doing comedy full time. And like, granted, I'm still a decent mom, meaning his childhood was better than mine, but I had been washed over by evil. Like I wasn't even close to the same person. I was using people. I was lying. I was manipulative. I was, uh, you know, you you can network in the entertainment business by just, you know, using people around you or whatever. And I was doing things that weren't true to my true, true values. Then the pandemic happens. And so I hear on a podcast, of course, Joe Rogan, that the world is going to end. And I'm like, okay, I do what Joe Rogan says, because before I had Jesus, all I had was Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went to my mom's farm and we don't particularly have a, a, we didn't at the time have a very great relationship. And so I go to my mom's farm, which is in the Northwest corner of Arkansas. And I put out that video on TikTok on her property. And that guy reaches out to me. This is where I think it's crazy. And I'm sorry if you have already seen this on my TikTok, but I reach out that guy reaches out to me. So technically in Northwest Arkansas, I'm introduced to Jesus. 
And then by some dumb luck, this guy that I was dating doesn't even live in Tennessee. He just happens to be working here at the time. He has a house in Florida, but we end up shacking up in this specific area of Tennessee. And then God lays it on my heart so heavy after I removed him from my life to make a Christian TikTok. And we could talk about that story too, because it's kind of crazy, but he puts it on my heart that I need to make a Christian TikTok. And I'm in this part of Tennessee and I find my church and I find my people and I find community. And then I make the Christian TikTok and through that TikTok community of Christian people that have done nothing but held me and loved me and walked me through faith and get like, cause this has been only a few months, right? So it's been super fast. And there's uh, Jacob G from F cubed podcast. There's been a couple people, they check in on me regularly. They invite me to a TikTok revival in Northwest Arkansas, the same exact town where I had originally put out the TikTok video, which none of them lived. And then I'm talking to my mom about her family history. And I find out that my fifth great grandfather was born and raised in this part of Tennessee. And he didn't like what was happening on the Trail of Tears. And he was a reverend and he walked the Trail of Tears with the Native Americans to Northwest Arkansas and planted the very first church that's still there on that piece of property that I put out that original TikTok video. So it was like the first time I ever was introduced to God was in the on the piece of property that he lived on. And then the first time that I was ever called to speak about God, I walked, essentially drove in a Yaris, not exactly the Trail of Tears, <laughs> the same path that he did. And his church still stands there today. And the majority wow. of that family has completely fallen away from God. And it makes me tear up. But I feel like even though it was five generations ago, I feel like I've got us back, like, I've got our family and our next generations to come like back in God's presence, like my son and his children. And it's, it feels like we've like restored through TikTok, through social media, restored my family's heritage back to the gospel and delivering the gospel to people. And it's just, it's so powerful and it's all through social media. Wow. You, you said about the, that you were invited to a TikTok revival. What does that mean? Oh, okay. So all these TikTok creators got together and they did this thing called the Remnant Revival, which wasn't, um, none of them lived in Arkansas. So it was kind of crazy that they just happened to do it in Arkansas. And um, they're going to keep doing them. So they had a lot of, you know, TikTok creators that have a decent following or a super, maybe they don't have a big following yet, but somebody saw their super powerful testimony and they all got together and like, uh, all delivered their testimony and there's people from all over the country. It was super cool. Um, Caleb, shoot, I can't remember his last name right now, but he has a Caleb Ministries or something. And then Jacob G from F Cubed Podcast and all those guys are the ones that put it on. Cool. And it's like, it was really, it was so powerful. It was, it was my first time ever at a revival or like a hearing other people's testimonies and it was pretty crazy. Can I nerd out about the social media thing for a Please second? Do. Please do. Okay. So social media I've used as a, a distraction. Like I'm reading the screw tape letters and that is powerful. C.S. Lewis is the screw tape letters about um, how easy it is to get distracted from God essentially. And I've always used Instagram and TikTok 
to distract from personal trauma or whatever. And now it's so different, right? Because now every time I get in there, it just brings me closer to God because my algorithms changed. Yeah. But um, yeah, change so algorithm. I uh, I dumped the dude on a Sunday, and. <laughs> Uh, I asked, I said, okay, if he's a real Christian, he'll go to church with me. And he wasn't going to church with me. And I said, God, if he doesn't go to church with me, show me a sign that I'm not meant to be with this guy. So I wake up and I'm like, Hey, you want to go to church? And he's like, no, I'm good. Which granted he worked nights in his defense, but still, come on, it's Jesus. Get out of bed. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so I go to church and again, Chris Dolberry, one of my favorites, he goes, um, he goes, if you're living in sin and I'm like, oh, I've got who told him? I was like, he's going to call me out from the podium. This is, this is what they said church was. And he goes, goes, if you're living in sin, I will marry you this weekend. Just call me. And this loud voice in my head was like, I wouldn't marry that guy if my life depended on it. Hmm. And so I was like, well, I guess I should dump him. Right. (laughs) And so I came home and he was sitting at the bar stool and he was like, I think we're done here. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> it was so perfect I mean of course I was like madly in love with this guy so it's painful but I'm glad that it wasn't meant to be anyways so uh then the next day I quit my job because I just go total Jesus nut I was like I'm not meant to work a nine to five I can't do this I need to get back to comedy or creating content or something and so I just dump the dude and quit my job and then I get back on Instagram he didn't like my Instagram presence he wasn't a fan of it so I hadn't been on social media in like eight months and so I start to get back onto it and then I feel like it's a problem and so I was like Carolyn just pray about it like, just pray and see what God says about it so I pray about if social media is something that I should be on which sounds so silly but I think it's like a real prayer that some of us should be praying right mm-hmm. And so I pray about it and then I open up the Bible and it opens to Jeremiah 40 and it was talking about Jeremiah being shackled at his wrist and how the whole world would be available to him. And I was thinking like, we're all like, we're all shackled at our wrists. Mm -hmm. We're so shackled and the whole world is available to us. And that's when it hit me. The whole world's available to you and you are shackled, but you can use it for good. And it was so heavy and it was so powerful. And then I went to sleep and I had a dream that said, uh, Carolyn, the Christian 1.1 million on TikTok. It was like, if you were looking at somebody's TikTok profile and it was my baptism picture and it said at Carolyn, the Christian 1.1 million. And I woke up immediately and I just made, I just was like, okay. (laughs) And I just made. Carolyn the Christian. And then the next morning I posted uh, the video about how I was getting yoked and, you know, mm-hmm. why I picked it, why I bought a Bible. And that within like three days, that video had like 600,000 views and that new account had already had 20,000 people on it. And it was like, it was like, you know, I had done TikTok for a while because of comedy and usually those numbers don't happen that quickly. Yeah. And then it was like an outpouring of support. And then it was like, I did another video and it was somebody that was like, hey, will you send me a Bible or what brought you to Christ? Or I've always wondered, but I look like you and I'm too scared to go to a church or like, and 
then like the first three days I got uh, called to be on my first podcast to, to share my story. And then a couple days later, you guys reached out to me and like, so it's only been a month and a half, but through social media, there's been like this huge ministry opened and I'm getting, you know, comments and messages that are like, uh, you know, God lays a message on your heart and then you say it. So it's obviously not me, but I mean, people are like, oh, well, I picked up a Bible because of something that you posted or whatever, or I know I'm not picking up enough scripture. And so at first I thought my ministry was looking for the lost, like people that look like me that never were able to hear about Jesus. But now I'm really realizing that like lukewarm Christians that have like three toes in the door Mm -hmm. are definitely like the people that seem to be getting the most. But, um, so since then I, uh, got an opportunity last week to, I spoke in Arkansas. Then last week I spoke in Benicia, California to like, uh, 50 youth students. And that was fairly impactful. And then all through social media now, like mid November through next February, I have like a amount of churches that I'm going to speak to their youth. Like a big amount of churches and high schools and middle schools and colleges all because of TikTok. (laughs) I mean, that's crazy because you feel like when you're a teenager, you're so lost and there you have issues with self-worth and identity. And if you can just teach them while they're young, their whole identity is in Christ and you are worth everything Jesus died on the cross for you and you were it's unmeasurable how much you're worth in God's eyes if you can just tell kids that and then every time they get on TikTok they can tell their friends that it's like never ending (laughs) that was heavy sorry I got a little sidetracked hey Hector we can't hear you (laughs) come back Hector baby come back no. Uh oh. That's okay. It's so probably, it's probably his. No, I can't hear. You. Sounds bad. It's feedbacky. <sighs> did you ch- don't did you change? I didn't change. I turned off my speaker because I finally heard the feedback, and I was like, "Oh, I need to turn that off." I, I'm going to be real. I, I'm going to be real. And I'm still recording this, and I hope it does not cut this off. But, Carolyn, I am just so encouraged uh, just by your testimony. And, and I missed a little bit of it because I was trying to fix that audio problem. But I think the, um, yeah, just the, the way that you are not just, I think it could have been easy for someone with your story to go, oh, not me. Right. Not me to tell Christians and and to share this story and to just kind of like wait in the background. Right. Wait in the wings until you were strong enough, believed enough, knew enough, uh, but rather for you. And then something that we also know that that you say a lot in your TikToks. Hey, I'm Carolyn, the Christian. I'm a I'm a baby Christian. And and I just want to say, like. I don't think 
our enemy likes you, you know, just in the, the, the enthusiasm and the zeal and the passion that you have for not just spreading the gospel, but to share your story that God can, can meet someone in the middle of some pretty incredible hard things uh, in a dark place, in a place where, where you feel your lowest, which if we're honest, and, and we talked about this last, uh, this, the episode that just released with Will Soto, like we've all been through hard times and we've all been through heartache. And the truth is that God cares about each and every one of our stories and he is willing and he is able that's something that I've been holding on to this last year is that God is not only willing, but he is able to meet us and he's able to, to use our stories in a way that is impactful, not for our glory, but for his. And I just want to share that with you as I, I listen to you and as this feedback problem is happening and hopefully, hopefully there's an episode to come out of this. And, and even if there's not, I think just the, the ability to, to meet with you on video and to share this with you, to just say that I I'm incredibly encouraged when I hear your story, incredibly encouraged, because I think that's something that as Christians often, especially when I was growing up, something that was said was like, you don't have to wait until you know enough. Like Jesus took his disciples and he, as he was walking with them, released them into ministry. And he wasn't like, you need to understand everything that I am saying to you. You need to, this is, he just said, Go, go do what I've been doing, right, as we've been doing. And he sent, especially he sends the 72 out. And what happens with the 72 when they return? They are ecstatic to share the miracles that they saw. And Jesus doesn't turn them away, but he, he, he further steps in. Because the work that they're doing, actually something else that we just shared, uh, I believe, with Sarah, um, but just that God delights in us, not because of what we do. God delights in us just because we're his children and he calls us that. And so as they go out and work and they come back and return, Jesus delights in that as well. And he teaches them and he, and he shares with them and he rejoices with them. And I think that the Lord does the same with you, Carolyn. I just want to share that so quickly. Um, I'm going to grab something really, really quick to, to see if I can fix this mic problem. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you in case this just goes to hell in a handbasket and we have to figure this out. But um, I just want to say that to you. That's okay. The enemy came after us in feedback. <laughs> uh, really, though, the enemy, though, like I, you know, especially being a baby Christian, it seems like a lot of that stuff is like, well, I don't believe in tarot cards, right? When you first start out, you're like, that seems a little bit heavy or crazy. And when I did uh, last week in Benicia, that day, the guy that the really nice pastor that had uh, hired me to go out there, Sammy, he was totally attacked by the enemy the day that I was like coming into town. And then after I did the talk and it had a good impact the next day, like he came after me so hard, like through depression and worthlessness. And should we talk about the fact that you just drank out of a Capri Sun? I Are we it. just going to pretend like that's not happening? How awesome is that? I have a Capri Sun. It's not my favorite flavor, but it's fine because there's a Capri Sun shortage. There's a Capri Sun shortage too? Yeah. 
I don't know why. I don't know if it's because there's a cardboard shortage and they don't have the boxes to put them in, but there's no shortage of strawberry kiwi because those ones, nobody likes to buy them. So. You know, I was thinking that I could get through what's happening currently politically, but now that I know there's a Capri Sun shortage, I am done. You are <laughs> not going to take away my pouch of truce. You hear me? <laughs> you can switch. There is Kool-Aid is holding on. My, well, <laughs> if what you want is the pouch you know that was the most middle class response I've ever had in my life I don't mix my own juice <laughs> thank you oh no the Kool-Aid sun uh, the cool the Kool-Aid sun the Kool-Aid pouches oh they're up to a pouch now yeah Hector we miss you we know that you know what we're talking about, but we only know that because we can read your lips, but we can't hear you. That's right. Hey, Hector's audio equipment, look at her cup. Yes, it says not today, Satan, but we couldn't hear you say that, Hector. We could only read it on the cup. It says not today, Satan. That's loud. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. I don't know where we were before in the conversation. <sighs> uh, well, I we mean, we were talking about um uh her she had the purpose and like like she's found this purpose and um she thought it was gonna be reaching the loss but it was that she's finding it the um lukewarm christians it's yeah. reaching lukewarm, lukewarm christians. christians getting them to pick up their their bibbles is yes but also teenagers too i feel like i last week when i got to speak with those teenagers like i had uh so this might be too much nerding out, but I thought that my testimony was being married and evil taking my husband through war in Afghanistan and post-traumatic stress and what it was like to be married to somebody with post-traumatic stress for all that time. But then when I was preparing myself last week to talk to those teenagers, I realized like I had a horrible childhood. Like my testimony is in my childhood. The way I'm going to reach people and talk to people is in my childhood. Like what I talked to them about last week was when I was 12 years old, my dad, he rented out my uh, bedroom with all my furniture and everything. And he made me live in the garage and I didn't have a bed or anything. I just like slept on a pile of clothes on the floor in the like cement floor in the garage with a heater. And I'm like, that's where my testimony is. My testimony is for those kids that have these horrible childhoods. And when you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to find where you're worth in, in the world and you don't understand why you're 25 and you feel worthless and you're looking for all your self-worth. And, you know, for me, I was lucky. I never had a problem with like drugs or alcohol, but I feel like a lot of people do, but I was always looking for my self-worth in, in men constantly looking for affirmations or, you know, if somebody thought that I was worth something, then I was worth something. And when you're 12 years old and you're trying to find your identity for the first time, and you're not even worthy of sleeping in the house and the dog gets to sleep in the house and you have to sleep in the garage, like, that changes your perspective on yourself and then it's like well we should reverse engineer it and the message kind of was like well I could be really angry at my dad and think like how could you do that to me or whatever but when he was 12 years old he was paying rent to live in his garage and then he left because he didn't have enough money for food and he rented a single bedroom apartment with a community bathroom on top of the five and dime that he was working at and the real message is 
how many people did that 12 year old that lived on top of that grocery store work with like went to church every Sunday and punched the do-gooder card and said that they were a Christian? How many people on the street that I lived that saw me open up the garage door to go sleep on the floor, went to church on Sundays and said that they were a Christian. And like, we really need to rewrite what Christian culture is and actually living like Christ and being a part of your community and not letting kids fall through the cracks. If one person would have invited my dad to a youth group, or if one person would have invited me to a youth group, how different would my childhood have been? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's the lip, it's the lip gloss. It's the lip gloss. It's not in your eyes now. Yeah. Your eyes look plump and beautiful. (laughs) Excellent. Um, no, man, my heart today has just been hurting for, for kids. Um, and I think about, um, and this is like, I want to do a whole episode with Hector just on this, but like, you know, when the industrial revolution happened, we got the, um, the assembly line and who were the ones like an assembly line by itself is not inherently bad. It's not inherently evil, but who ended up paying the cost of when we have unbridled production, we have unlimited creation. Um, the people who pay the cost the most are the innocent, the young, and the voiceless. And so that happened in our history with the, with, um, in the industrial era. And we again have unlimited creation, unbridled production, and our kids are, I mean, we are seeing such a rise in anxiety and, um, and, and our kids are hurting. And so like, like we have got, we have got to do something, you know? Um, so it, it, it touches my heart that you are on TikTok where these kids are, but you are also in person with them, that you are going to talk to them. Um, because now you think about, there are still kids who are living in the situation that you lived in. There are kids everywhere who have that life. That is their life. But what might be different that you didn't have is they might have a phone. They might have TikTok. And so it's like, there's a place where they might hear a word of hope. If nobody is talking to them, nobody is checking on them in the garage. Nobody is looking at that apartment. Nobody is looking out for them. Um, it's a, it's a moment. We have a moment in time where we can speak into the lives of, of, of millions of invisible kids and make them feel seen. Yeah. That's so powerful and so true. And they're all out like, I, my son, I don't let him on TikTok. He's 12. And that is a rarity. There is no, there's very few kids that aren't on there. A hundred percent. Like, and, you know, I feel like when the internet first came out, when I was that age, it can either make you feel like you're not good enough or it could make you feel like you're worth everything. It just depends on the message that you put out there. 
I posted uh, something which you probably saw because you're on my Instagram the other day about how uh, the only social media influencer you should be following is Jesus. And if you like and share his message, the whole world's algorithm could change. Yes. And it's so true. Like if you just constantly push positivity and I feel like a lot of people on Instagram are trying to push positivity, but they don't realize, like we were talking about motivational quotes, like they don't realize that there's a book full of quotes that will change your life financially, mentally, spiritually, like transform your whole, your whole world and everybody around you in just one book. Like it's too powerful sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think <clears throat> one of the things too, I think just in, again, I'm just so stuck on this. I really am. Uh, of One of the things that we talk about so often here is just stepping into the space. Um, one, of, one of my favorite moments is from an episode with um, Kate Boyd. Sarah says, it's the opener of that episode. Hey, our people, if social media is a dumpster fire, our people are in there. So are we going to step in? And and I'm so stuck on on this point of I think part of it is <clears throat> excuse me I think part of it is is that you have self identified as a baby Christian new to to your faith and so whether it is because you're naive which I don't think you are but to to be so to understand how social media played a part in you coming to relationship with Jesus and to faith in him and to walk into learning and understanding and understanding the wisdom from the scripture to then turn around and say, like, I have to go in. Like, this is the place that I already was. So, like, I already have people here and obviously even people that walked with you and then to turn around and say, like, no, there has to be, if no one else at least the quarter that I can be in to to share and to to walk in and to walk with others in the same place that I am. What a, a powerful witness. And like I am so stuck on that. Like I can't I just in my brain right now, I mean it just so kind of looking just even looking at the church and saying, like, there is a world of people, like you were saying, there's a world of people who are hurting and who feel like they're too broken for anyone else to care. And they might be scrolling. They might, they might be scrolling social media mindlessly. But why not enter into that space, shine a little light into the corner, and just ask God to, like, multiply that? Yeah. It's a the baby Christian thing has it was my it was my way of saying like I'm not a theologian but I can tell you what I feel and what God's done for me and how he's working through me and it's like a great way too to disarm people because I feel like uh I don't know if you guys feel like this but sometimes even friends of mine, like they get so caught up in 
uh, the logistics and the doctrine and the big words. And I have said before that uh, Christian culture doesn't have a problem of what they're selling. They have a problem of marketing. It's easy to sell, like it's easy to sell peace and joy and happiness. People are constantly buying products to try to achieve that. And they don't know that there's like only one way to it, but there's definitely a, a marketing issue and people get so caught up on being aggressive or uh, confrontational about all, like big words that I don't even know. And so just to say, hey, I'm a baby Christian. This is what I think is funny. And this is, I think this is really relatable to a story in my life or just like intertwine, you know, funny and share something or motivate somebody to, to do something. And you're like, I, I'm surprised that you stepped in to that space, just like willingly stepped into that space. But I had it, I think once you listen, right, like once you put down the distractions and just listen to God, I think God was, it, I had nothing to do with it. I am, I heard a speaker the other day and she said that, are you doing all these things because you're confident? No, are you, you're doing these things because you're courageous. And God gave me, you know, they always talk about the armor. Like he gave me the armor to be brave enough to just put myself out there, even though I don't have any confidence and I was super scared. And I was like, if he shuts this door in my face, I'll know it's the wrong choice, but he continues to open up doors and continues to help people. I think the biggest thing that I happened through him recently was uh, last week before I went on that trip to Benicia, I stopped at the bank and there was a lady at the bank that had known me for quite some time or whatever. And she follows me on TikTok my old TikTok. And then she followed me to my new TikTok and we got to talking one time and she was asking me how Jesus was changing my life. And I bought her, um, I bought her a Bible, a uh, leather bound purple, you know, it spoke <laughs> to me and uh, large print NIV, the good. <laughs> and uh, I, so that was, that must've been about a month ago. That was like when I first started. And last week I went in there and she had called me actually to come into the bank and she took me into this little private room and she just started crying, like crying. And, uh, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> she just started crying and she was like, I broke up with my boyfriend and I've totally found the Holy spirit. And she asked me when I got back from California, if she could go with me to my church to give her life over to Christ and figure out how to get baptized. And so granted we've met in person, but she was watching TikTok. And now because of my TikTok, she has this Christian algorithm that has just led her the right way. And like, granted I bought her the book, but she has that model and she's like she told me she's like I don't even listen to secular music anymore I deleted my Instagram like I am all about this Christian TikTok and she's like you could see she was just like dripping with the Holy Spirit she was so happy and she was like all happy tears and I mean if 
when I first started that TikTok, I thought if I could only get one person to pick up a Bible, that it would all be worth it. And now it's like, God is continuing to use this huge group of people on social media that hits the right message for the right people. Like I have one friend that she's formerly LGBTQ and she's telling her story all the time on TikTok. There's another girl, uh, Alexandria Craig and her husband, he had, she lost her husband from cancer at like 28. And so it's like, there is a testimony for every walk of life, for every person that can be reached on social media. And it's just, it's God's good. It's too much sometimes. I'm trying not to cry. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, Well, we like to to ask a set of questions here at the end of um, just, you know, fails and some successes. But before we get into that, I'd love to just ask briefly, um, you know, as briefly as you can, but like, what is the church doing? Like, what are some positive things you see and specifically maybe churches? And because I, I think that's part of the, the some of the missing link is like churches really stepping in as a, as organization. Obviously, we've heard a lot about individuals. And so if you could encourage the church and other things you've seen them do well through social media, TikTok, what are some of those things that maybe you've seen? Um, Well, of course, I have limited experience because I've only ever really been to one church, which is my church, The Bridge here in Tennessee. But they have they have this creative team of like young, like 20 to 27 year olds that are just blowing away like they I always joke this Chris DeFoya is like the lead guy over there and I always joke like I shouldn't joke but I'm always like imagine how much money you'd make if you were doing this for a corporation <laughs> because he is just killing it I mean he's doing so good that now they've started uh like a 20 year old uh church separate because they have so many people that are younger coming into the church and they do just authenticity is what sells. Like you don't have to have like this great marketing team. You just have to be authentic. So like our pastor, Ian Simpkins, we had a nineties night the other night and he dressed up like a rapper. Like he had like a full sweatsuit on and he had like a chain and he was break dancing. Like he is just authentically himself and not ashamed of it. And that people latch on to authenticity. If every church was just not, I think the church wants to hear this message. This is the message that I need to share with the church. And this is my experience. Once you run into authenticity, it's just, it's really unstoppable. And of course they live stream everything. I think I saw a behind the scenes video the other day. And so I think they're getting on to TikTok, but I'm not particularly sure. But um, they're definitely doing a lot. He, the bridge as a whole, the church, I feel like is doing a lot for as social media, but our pastor specifically, Ian Simpkins, that guy's got like 17,000 Instagram followers. He's constantly putting out motivational quotes that are like scripture-based thoughts that he's had that are like... He goes back and forth about to people about Nickelback all the time. 
he's like he's always like dumping real hard on Nickelback and pumpkin spice and he gets the church all fired up because they're like I love Nickelback and he's like you shouldn't be here like it's just being authentic often having authenticity being yourself sticking with social media interacting with people not thinking that you're above people or whatever like he always messages me back he makes you feel like if all the pastors did that like make you feel like you're part of the fold make social media social is what i'm trying to say mm. you said Good. brief that wasn't brief that was 85 uh, minutes that's, <laughs> that's fine um so yeah uh we can move in like talk about a time that maybe especially as you're figuring out this how do we share your story how do you connect with people is there a a story in, in which that kind of blew up in your face as you're learning how to navigate this new season of your life blew up in my face or you know you uh, you intended to communicate a message and it didn't it didn't communicate well or yeah. somebody didn't receive it well or I mean that's half of the things that come out of my mouth hole <laughs> <laughs> most of the time uh I mean with my family particularly a lot of them have bailed on me because I decided to follow uh Christ and so a lot of the times I have to be very careful because I do I have a hard time with when I talk to people saying this is what God's doing through me. If you don't understand humil humility and if you don't understand what it feels like to have God do things through you, then people tend to think that you're just like, oh, well, you were doing comedy and now you're just slinging jokes for Jesus and you're just bragging about all this cool stuff you get to do. I think sometimes when I'm so excited to be like, this person picked up a Bible or this person did this or this person did that is people think that it's a lack of humility. But the truth is, I'm just so excited and blown away by the power of God that I can't, sometimes I can't process it. And I just want to share it with people. And that message, there's a very fine line you have to walk between hum being humble in yourself and glorifying God and kind of like finding this in between. And even though I'm always trying to talk from a place of humility, some people it's not received that way. And I, I don't know how to navigate that. I, I think um, one thing that, so I, I am, um, thank God that I am not who I once was, right? Um, but I definitely <laughs> was, um, I have been and, and can still see the struggle I have to the tendency of pride. And, um, but so it's been several years now, um, since I continued, I kept having this sensation and I would be like, I don't, I don't know what this is. Um, and it would take me like two or three days. And then I would go, Oh, this sensation is humility. And it's ridiculous that it would take me two or three days to sort out what the feeling of humility was, but that was, that was how prideful I was. But in that time, I realized that being humble, like we have taken humility and we kind of insert nobility into it. And we say, well, that person is so humble, you know, like make it like it's some big thing, but 
Um, and we also can think that humility is like the most quiet person in the room who never says anything about anything. But I don't think either of those things are accurate. I think that humility is not being painfully aware of how small you are, it's being painfully aware of how big God is. And so you can be, um, you can be loud about how big God is and still have a humility and still have your humility. Um, but I think it's, I think it is important, particularly with the temptation that social media has to puff us up with pride to, to understand that it is particularly as if, if what you're doing is getting you, um, response, it can, it can be a struggle. Am I feeling prideful about this? Is it okay for me to be happy that people saw my video? Is it okay for me? Well, the question is, um, are you happy that they heard you or are you happy that they heard God? And so that's where you have to, I think, have to, what you have to settle in your heart. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been times that people are like, oh, this message was so powerful for God. And I'm like, okay, but did you hear that joke though? Because that joke, that punchline. <laughs> was on. Was yeah. So good. No. Not really, but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's true though, because like you can feel a difference because if I put in the past when I would put out comedy videos, it was like really great to have people laugh or to like for it to be well received. But now when somebody leaves a comment that's like, this made me change the way I thought about XYZ, like you feel you have that weird like that like Holy Spirit thing that happens where like you can feel that you're connected with that other person. Yeah. And it's like, almost like, even though I'm just reading their comment, like we're feeling the same, like we're bound by the same spirit. Yeah. And so it, it's too, it, sometimes it's just, it's, sometimes I have to stay out of the comments cause it's too much. And people are like, why are you crying? And I'm like, you just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about one of those times. Tell us about one of those times that you communicate, communicated, communicated um, a message through social media that it was received and that it, that someone came back to you and said, Hey, this changed my life. Well, you gave us a great um, lady the bank. I want another one. <laughs> okay. So a lot of the times, you know, there's just like comments like, Oh, I feel convicted. And you don't know if people actually do it, but uh, a handful of people have asked me to ship them Bibles. And so one guy in particular that is, it's super meaningful because I've known him since I did comedy on TikTok and since I did stand-up comedy, we followed each other for a long time. His name's Mike. And he, he had seen the change in me and he had reached out after he started following my Christian TikTok. And he was like, I have a tattoo of a cross on me. I've always said that I'm Catholic. Like I never go to church. I never pick up the Bible. And I was like, give me your address. And I sent him a Bible and he started reading it. And now him and his family are going to a non-denominational church. That's awesome. Wow. That's crazy to me. Like, because what's, I think is so powerful is he, he had seen the, the change. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people just know me as this person now, but if you were, if you were there for the dirty jokes and the crazy Carolyn, I mean, I was laughing like last night, I was actually talking to a friend and we were talking about, uh, you know, tick, like 
how a lot of people do like black and white filters and TikTok and cosplay mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I was like, I was joking with him and I was like, oh, I went through that phase. It wasn't good. And I haven't told anybody this. And if you didn't follow my comedy career, you wouldn't know. But before I went on stage, I would always with makeup paint an upside down cross on my cheek. And it wasn't because I was like some Satan worshiper. It was because when you're an atheist, you don't believe in any of it. So you're just like drawn. Now you know that it's the enemy drawing you in, right? But I was just drawn to, I've always been drawn to like horror movies, dark art, uh, books about serial killers, all of those things. And when you're, you know, a legitimate atheist and you don't believe that there's anything, it's just like an art form. So it means nothing. But it's so funny because, I asked uh, the guy that did my hand tattoo to permanently tattoo that on me because I was sick of drawing it on all the time. How lucky am I now that he said no, right? Yeah. So lucky. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So such a difference. And the guy that I dated before the guy that I dated before the TikTok guy, you know, I go back and I look at his stuff and we dated for like four or five months or something. And his, uh, his whole, I thought, I didn't think that he was actually, I didn't think that there was real like Satan worshipers. Like I didn't think the occult was a real thing. Cause I was just this crazy atheist. And I thought that he just enjoyed that kind of artwork and he just painted that kind of artwork and all that kind of stuff. And now I go back and I look at it and I'm like, Oh no. Like I have pictures of us together and he's wearing a shirt that's like, I love Lucy, but it says, I love Lucifer. Mm. And like, he only wore those kinds of clothing. And I'm thinking like, I was so deep in the enemy's grasp and didn't even believe in the enemy and had no idea that I had no idea that I think that's how atheists operate though, because they're like, oh, well, I am a decent human and none of that stuff is real. So you can't get pulled in to the darkness and deeper in darkness and deeper in darkness. And I was in, I was so deep in sadness and heartbreak and depression. And I had no idea that it was just what I was surrounding myself with because I didn't believe in any of it. It's crazy to look back on. Yeah, I I think that the, like when, when people hear you talk, when I hear you talk, it's just like, when you think about how you, um, you have your old TikTok and you have your new TikTok, you had your old life and your new life. Like when we talk about the word, when we talk about the word transformed, like you're the picture of it. Imagine what it would do if, if the, if the lukewarm Christians were willing to, to be transformed you know, we're, we're willing to, to say like, this matters and it matters enough for me to, oh, just to, to have my life changed, you know, to, to make hard calls and, um, to make shifts in how I present myself and to make shifts in, in, um, I mean, you made a big shift in, you left your job and you're doing this, you know, like, yeah, that's radical. And you are, I mean, as you say, a, a baby Christian, when you tell your timeline, you know, you, you say, you say January, 2021, I mean, you're all in and, all um, in. 
Yeah. And that's, that's excellent. Absolutely. That's excellent. Yeah, I think if everybody, it, uh, sometimes I think about if everybody on Earth just went all in, how great Earth could be. But, yeah. you know, the book says that that's not going to happen, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wow, I have, I have very much enjoyed this conversation, uh, audio issues and all. Um, <laughs> God, it's been such a delight to, to just sit with you and talk with you. And, and I think to see someone who, uh, yes, new to the faith, but so, so much zeal that is, um, I think directed well, I think that you're in a great community and being able to see that, like there's this, not just the online community, but the in-person community, but also that like one of the things that Sarah and I have, have really begun to explore is like, we, the church can't leave that online community now that it's stuck its foot in the door and it can't just back out. And so to see someone that's doing that is such an encouragement to me, um, just to, to see someone who is like the online social media, like that's where God reached me. And like, there's still good to be done there. And so thank you so much for your time. Sarah, yeah. do you have any, anything else to share? Good, man. Awesome. I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity and to get to meet both of you and talk with you and nerd out about Jesus together. Absolutely. We appreciate your coming on. Yeah. Carolyn, where can people find you on social media? Um, at Carolyn McChristian on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be a lot more on Instagram and TikTok because God laid it on my heart that uh, that using your body as a temple in American society when I have a serious food addiction is a problem. And so for the next 60 days, I'm going to be documenting, going through scripture, my personal traumas that got me addicted to food and working through and trying to get past my food addiction. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like all of us, uh, all of us have a bad habit of picking and choosing which sins are greater than others when all sin is equal. And I was looking deep into what's keeping me away from being closer to God. And food addiction for me is definitely one of them because I have a bad habit of instead of emotionally bringing my problems to God, emotionally bringing my problems to a drive-through. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna try to work those out and try to help some people along the way. Awesome. I look love forward to, yeah, look forward to that journey and, and sharing that. And um, in fact, I just, I want to share uh, with all our listeners, if you'd be praying for Carolyn through that journey, go follow her. Um, should be about halfway through your journey when this episode drops and just uh, hope that it's a, a boost of encouragement to have some people come and find you and, and encourage you. And again, just to see the power of social media and uh, and how we can, courage and and push one another towards these good things uh again good things uh, yeah yeah and carolyn it's c-a-r-o-l-l-y-n-n carolyn the christian yeah my mom gave me nine letters of love so. <laughs> thanks, mom. there you go awesome well hey thanks for tuning into the pocket pulpit we'll see you guys next week and uh Thank you guys for continuing to explore what social media 
can be and how you can uh, be involved in ministry in the online world. We'll see you next week. Grateful for your time. Enjoy.